just simply turning Gen AI capability doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to get the value out of it immediately. For us, we are very pragmatic in how we deploy technology across the organization and we take a value-based use case focus to deploy these things. Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. Our broadcast today comes from our most recent MetaStrategy Digital Symposium. And the topic we covered was transforming organizations for a data-driven future. The panelists who spoke about the topic were the Chief Information Officer and Senior Vice President of Global Business Services of Graphic Packaging, Vish Narendra, and the Chief Information and Digitization Officer of Reckitt, Filippo Catalano. The gentleman who led the conversation was MetaStrategy Partner and East Coast Lead, Alex Krauss. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Yes, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, uh, depending on where you are. Excited to be here and uh, no, no shortage of topics to discuss. Uh, so in this uh, first panel, we want to talk about, as Pia mentioned, how organizations transform for an AI data-driven future. Uh, that is not a small feat, uh, yet something that many of you may be thinking about or be in the middle of. Uh, ideally, this will happen in uh, incremental and evolutionary steps, but the increasing speed of emerging technologies, fast-changing customer expectations, and uh, high pressure from investors, business partners, and other stakeholders often require organizations to transform more quickly. Uh, this need for transformation and transformation itself uh, can touch the core of operating models, ranging from leadership commitment to talent management. Uh, but it's also an opportunity to mature fundamental capabilities such as data management and infrastructure. It may actually also uh, require an organization to challenge cultural norms and rethink the way of working. To discuss these and other topics, I'm joined today by two senior technology executives. You see them here. Uh, they are leading the charge for their respective organizations. Um, Filippo Catalano of Racket uh, and Vishnarendra of Graphic Packaging. Uh, Filippo is the Chief Information and Digitization Officer of Racket, a uh, nearly $18 billion multinational consumer goods company that focuses on hygiene, health, and nutrition. Uh, you may know them from uh, brands like Lysol, Mucinex, Airborne, and so forth. Uh, Filippo has been in this role for two and a half years and oversees a broad portfolio that includes traditional IT, but also broader digital business um, capabilities uh, and data. Uh, prior to record, uh, Filippo was the group CIO for Nestle. Uh, Vish Narendra is the CIO uh, of Global Business Services at Graphic Packaging, a leading provider of paper-based packaging solutions uh, with $9 billion of revenue. Uh, prior to Graphic Packaging, he was divisional CIO at GE in the Power and Water Energy Divisions. If you had a coffee this morning, you likely held one of their products. Uh, welcome both Filippo and Vish. Happy to be here. Uh, so Filippo, let's, uh, let's jump right in. Um, there's a lot of hype uh, and excitement around AI, specifically generative AI. Uh, how much substance do you think is behind that? And how much do you see this as an opportunity to refocus on some of the data and analytics fundamentals beyond just AI or generative AI? Look, um, I think first of all, that most of us we have been working in the continuum from data analytics, machine learning, and AI for the past quite a, quite a few years already. Mm -hmm. A lot of things that today people are calling AI, we were already doing them in many, many companies before. I think the Gen AI movement uh, has created a lot of focus outside of our traditional functions in what artificial intelligence can do. And this is quite welcome in a way because it, it's created also a lot of traction and a lot of mm -hmm. attention about the possibilities and to the to the second part of the question i think the uh, this is just reinforcing the need for the analytics fundamentals uh, you need to have your data analytics strategy in place you need to have an approach that is as much possible fair with findability accessibility interoperability and reuse 
of your data. And generative AI is just making another lens on top of your data that you have. And frankly, if you don't have good data practices, at best you're going to use whatever the others are using, but you will not be able to generate competitive advantage. So great data practices and data governance become even more important. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Vish, it sounds like from your reaction here that you agree with that. Anything else you want to add? Not a whole lot beyond what uh, Filippo said. Totally agree. I think uh, data hygiene is really important. The governance around data is really important because uh, ultimately, whether you uh, do it internally or you use some open source learning models, et cetera, you're going to have to train it. And if you don't train it with the right kind of data, you're not going to get the right answers. So you just have to be uh, paying attention to the fundamentals. It's the new shiny object, and it is a pretty <laughs> valuable shiny object. But if mm -hmm. you don't get the foundational pieces right, you're not going to get value out of it. That, that, that's, that's a great summary. And uh, I, I think you, you both uh, agreed that, uh, again, the shiny objects allow us to refocus and double down on the fundamentals. So, so a great opportunity in that area as well. Uh, Vish, let's let's uh, stay on the point that you just introduced, and it's also in our audience poll that we'll get to in a minute. Uh, you know, as you think about how you actually operationalize that and uh, introduce the capabilities, uh, what do you think the appropriate balance is between this buy versus build? Frankly, a concept that has limited applicability, yet one that is so catchy and we, we uh, use when we think about this. What criteria do you apply as you make the decision how to uh, how to bring in and, and develop um, AI and, and generative AI capabilities? Yeah, I think uh, for all the generic use cases around generative AI, just leveraging a chat GPT or a BARD is, you know, pretty straightforward. Uh, if you want to write a job description, you know, why spend two hours generating something when <laughs> chat GPT can do it for you, right? Uh, but if you want to get a little bit more specific around your use cases, um, and we're trying out a few of them right now, you want it to be a little bit more private. Uh, you don't want, you know, intellectual property to be leaking yeah. externally and allowing those models to be trained with your data. So you want to do it in a private environment. And then for very, very specific uh, use cases, or if it's legal, you're going to go to a vertical stack. Um, and mm -hmm. so I think it's going to be a, a good mix of all of the above. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a hybrid uh, operating model. That makes sense. Filippo, is that similar to what you and uh, Rekadai experience and how you think about yeah, it? Yeah, I would say so. I think the first consideration is that th there is one wave of the capabilities that is going to be really about uh, general productivity and enablement of employees, the mm -hmm. co-pilot of X type of thing. I think those uh, those ones, everybody will go into to kind of an adopt um, mindset, what is already there, maybe with some connectivity to your own environments but more or less will be uh let's uh, let's bring the let's level the playing field for the for the for the employees and for the uh for the organization and i think when when you really need to do something that is intended to be a competitive advantage you will try to to use a combination of uh, open source and apis to build something that is proprietary to you if you really have the right data to do it if you really have the right uh, the right to win on uh, on that. So I think will be the two the two approaches will coexist, uh, and also they will be important from a cost point of view because anything exactly. that you will be doing on your own will cost a lot of money, either mm -hmm. from a data, either from a processing point of view. So anything that you can do with commoditized capabilities will be <laughs> it's better you use it as much as possible. That's great. It sounds like both of you really say it's use case specific. There's not a 
a single answer to this question. Uh, and I'm glad, uh, Philippe, you raised the, the economic aspect, which I want to briefly turn back to you on that topic. What role do uh, economic factors like computing powers, infrastructure, and frankly, training people and so forth uh, factor into the decision? What tool you use and how you use that tool? I think at the end of the day, it's about the uh, value generation. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you spend some money, you get some productivity at the back end of it. You got to, you know, get the ROI out of it. And uh, yep. to Filippo's point, you know, there's a lot of compute power that is required. Yep. Just simply turning Gen AI capability doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to get the value out of it immediately. So it's got to be, for us, we are very pragmatic in how we deploy technology across the organization. And we... Uh, we take a value-based use case, uh, you know, focus uh, to deploy these things. Wonderful. So in, in, in simple terms, uh, just uh, simple as ROI, but on the other hand, uh, we are learning a lot about the R and the I in, the, in that equation. So that, that's great. I, I wonder if we can, uh, you know, stay on the, on the topic of use cases uh, uh, a little bit longer. Uh, Vish, maybe, maybe you can tell us a little bit like what kind of use cases uh, you have been exploring and, and what success uh, or other insights you've been able um, to see so far? AI in general is this big, broad-based topic. And as Filippo said at the beginning, you know, in some way, shape, or form, we've been doing this for a while. Um, and so today, as we think about this more and more, there's a little bit of clarity coming up for us around three swim lanes that we think about it. One is just this embedded AI, the co-pilot that Filippo mentioned, uh, that just comes uh, inbuilt with all, any software as a service that you might buy, whether it's uh, ServiceNow or SAP or whoever it may be, you know, you have the ability to turn that on. You don't have to do a whole lot of work on your own. Uh, it's already pre-built. These companies are investing pretty heavily in that. So that's one swim lane. Um, the second is around actually leveraging Gen AI. A couple of the use cases we're looking at for coding and estimating, how can we use that to speed up the process and um, mm -hmm. build a, a degree of consistency. That's one that we're actually investigating very closely right now. Second one, HR pay practices. We have uh, disparate HR pay, pay practices across our workforce because we've grown through acquisition. How do we standardize that? Can we leverage Gen AI to find all the commonality and build a common pay practice uh, model for us? Things like that, you know, that's the second swim lane. And then the third one is one that we've been doing for a while. You know, um, Gen AI is great for text and unstructured data, but uh, not so much quite yet for numbers. And uh, yep. we are, as a manufacturing company, we deal a lot with OE on the equipment and how do we drive efficiency and throughput. And so machine learning you know, is a big piece of the puzzle for us. And so we've been using that to try and drive efficiency throughput. For us, driving 1% efficiency or a speed on a paper machine you know, drops directly to the bottom line without having to invest a lot of capex into the into the machine. So um, that's the third swim lane. So that's kind of how we think about it. And uh, you know, in Thank the you. future, I generally think about um, you know uh, these two things sort of coming together: an operator sitting at a machine, almost like a chat GPT type interface, doing some prompt engineering and say, mm -hmm. "Hey, I need to produce this grade of paper. You know, what what machine parameters do I need to set it at? You know, and I need to produce this many tons and and so on, and you you'll then get certain you know um, almost a formula at which to run the, the paper machine, or you know I'm seeing consistent uh, downtimes under these operating parameters. Tell me what I can do to fix those, or what are some of the potential causes? And so I think that brings a combination of Gen AI and the and the true machine learning together 
to deliver some you know uh, fast solutions uh, at the uh, at the operator level. So those are the kinds of things we are we are envisioning. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. I love how you think about this in these three swim lanes, and also a good reminder with a shiny object ahead of us not to lose sight of uh, you know machine learning and other things. Filippo, um, back to you. Uh, I don't know if there's any other ways you think about use cases, also kind of the operational efficiency versus the the consumer or end user um, impact. No, look, I, I I would add maybe uh, out on my our the, the industry. I mean, the consumer goods industry. Maybe a couple yeah. of other topics. One indeed is the efficiencies on the operations. I think there there is still so much to to, to be done across many many industries. And indeed, you know, manufacturing is. Uh, uh, I think it has a lot of opportunities of AI in general, but even on. Uh, uh, Gen AI, or maybe some of the new vision models as well that can be uh, related to uh, to this uh, to improve efficiencies in in production. I think the the other bunch of use cases that are really promising are those related to content generation, yep. content personalization, especially for for a big uh, marketer uh, and a big brand builder uh, as uh, as we are. I think the ability to to do some of the personalization at scale, yep. either from a visual point of view or from a content point of view, to better serve our consumers is going to be uh, an, an interesting territory to to test. And indeed, we are doing a lot of activities to qualify solutions there. In general, I don't think there is any sector of the modern enterprise that will be left untouched. I think, yep. I think either through the employee lens or through the business process lens, uh, there is a there is a wave of change that that is coming and is up to us as, uh, as stewards of the technology in uh, in our companies to understand also how to prioritize resources and how to minimize risk as well because all that we are mentioning comes also with a lot of uh, considerations from a, from a ethics compliance and risk management that we need to take into account. Yeah, yeah, risk and IP and, and uh, other things have come up. I'm sure we're going to cover it in the next panel. I love how you talk about the impact uh, on personalization, the opportunities there uh, from a content uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, usage perspective. Wonderful. Filippo, um, let's, let's stay on the topic that has also come up uh, several times already, uh, uh, talent and people. How do you see the use of AI uh, changing talents um, and jobs and maybe even talent strategies on the UA think? about putting people in certain positions uh, in light of, uh, of some of the AI uh, considerations? Yeah, look, the, uh, I think, again, every, every I don't, we don't know exactly how the jobs will change, which jobs maybe will disappear uh, and the new jobs that will come, but we know that this is touching 100%. We, we yep. can easily predict this is, this is going to touch basically 100% of the, of the jobs, I think. There, there is an interesting thing that is coming, I believe, which is uh, this much more, let's say, consumer visible, like general public visible wave of, of AI that has been spearheaded by the Gen AI news is going to hopefully uh, burst some myths as well about the, uh, the, the barriers to, to understand technology and learn technology uh, for, mm -hmm. for for employees of any company. Uh, I, th I think there has been a bit of exoteric type of, oh, this is too difficult, leave it to the pros. I believe there is much more coming now in terms of democratization of access, which yep. will drive in, in turn, like a fantastic set of new ideas and new use cases that will be 
accessible to every part of the organization, even if they don't have any formal, let's say, training yet on, on AI. So I believe uh, there will be talent. Uh, it's going to be a key factor and companies that are going to be able to empower talent at every level, every angle of the organization to be tapping into uh, those aug augmented capabilities for them, they will they will create fantastic value. Wonderful. I'm glad that you're so so positive, and I love the democratization of data uh, point. Of course, Vish, how do you think about talent models, and how do you measure how they affect your operations? You're very heavily vertically integrated. Uh, I imagine that plays a role as well. I think the the other side of the coin that Filippo just talked about is that we're facing into a talent shortage to some extent, or just mm -hmm. you know uh, workers coming into the workforce and wanting to do certain types of jobs and. Mm -hmm. Just to put it in perspective, we are, as you said, vertically integrated. So we produce paperboard in our mills and then we ship it into our converting facilities where they get made into packages for consumer uh, products companies like Reckitt and like uh, Nestle, your previous company, Filippo. They're all big customers. And um, these are facilities that are spread in the what I call the garden locations of the United States and other parts of the world. Um, you know, and they're in the bergs and the bills and and uh, the trend has, the, the demographic trend has been that people want to move to the cities and there are less and less people that want to go to these smaller places. So in the old model, we would have engineers located at these facilities. And now it's tough to get a, a graduating engineer to go to, you know, a, a burger or a bill. So we're shifting our model. We're leveraging remote monitoring technologies, uh, IoT, um, to bring data in from a lot of these locations. And then... Uh, you know, in regional or headquarters uh, areas, being able to visualize what's going on out in your manufacturing landscape, creating sort of a digital twin of the, the manufacturing, and then being able to remote troubleshoot. Um, and so AI will play, play a big part of it. AR, VR technologies, you know, remote assist, call a friend, you know, over uh, HoloLens or, you know, some other type of equipment. Um, those are all going to be a huge uh, part of uh, how we solve some of the talent issues. And if you just think about it, you know, the next cohort of people coming into the workforce are digital natives. So if you tell them that, you know, uh, they, as they walk in, here's your job, it's a 300-pager uh, binder, they're going to look at you like you're an absolute idiot. They want that on their phone, their iPad, whatever device, and it's all going to be technology-enabled. And behind that is going to be AI that gives them the kind of knowledge that traditionally in the past has come from being in the field and doing these things for 20 years. Now you can accelerate um, the learning for these folks and put that information at their fingertips much, much faster. So that's kind of how we see the talent landscape shifting for us and how we're, we're you know, uh, getting ready for that. Excellent. Well, thank you both. Uh, both of your answers underscore that the talent is a major factor uh, and it's not uh, just a technology thing as, as some... Uh, you know, people uh, like to believe. Well, wonderful. Um, so, so Filippo and Vish, um, I, um, I, I want to ask you. We are in December. Uh, take a look in your, you know, proverbial uh, crystal bowl, uh, and share with us, uh, you know, where you believe uh, AI will have the greatest impact uh, for your organization and generally, and also maybe where the hype is uh, is leading us potentially in the wrong direction, and where we may see some uh, some disappointment or falling short of expectations. Uh, Filippo, do you want to go first? The, I'll go back to the point that for, you know, if you are a consumer facing company, probably the, uh, my infallible crystal ball will tell me that there is something about consumer communication that will be, that will be becoming concrete and 
more mainstream faster than some of the other areas. I think that's um, there. There are huge, uh, huge opportunities. From a disappointment point of view, I don't, I don't. That's uh, now joke aside. It's a very difficult one to to predict or to even to imagine because the pace of news, the pace of change, of what we are experiencing coming from the this uh, combinatory effect of different parts of research coming together, uh, plus academia now becoming also a huge player in some of those uh, new models with consortia and and organizations coming together from open source. I'm, I'm, I don't know, but surely we will be surprised uh, about what yet is to come in a, in a very short time. And some of that will be disappointing for sure, but it will move the, 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 the needle forward on, uh, on the experimentation. Good. So, so, so a realistic but mostly positive outlook, if I yes. understand that that way. Good. Vish, what, what, what do you think? Uh, what, what are we going to see next year and beyond? As a direct consumer-facing company, I, I do agree those customer interactions and the consumer interactions are going to be greatly impacted. And uh, you know, as a B two B company, maybe it doesn't that doesn't impact us as much. But some of that can be leveraged on the internal side to enhance our service delivery within the organization. So, you know, I think there's going to be some significant benefits there, but I'd go back to traditional machine learning stuff that's going to impact our manufacturing operations that can drive significant value. That's going to be huge for us. Um, I do think that there is going to be, uh, from a disappointment standpoint, a little bit of a trough that we'll hit with Gen AI in the, in the fact that, and we've already seen some, some level of drop-off in the use of chat GPD, if you will. Um, just the commercialization of that is going to take a little longer in the enterprise uh, than people think it's going to. Um, it's going to be expensive. Compute's still going to be expensive. It's going to take a while before all that you know gets to a, a, an operational level that we can deploy on a large scale. Um, I think we're still going to be piloting and testing and trying to figure things out. I. I will be happy to be wrong on that front, but that's kind of how I see it. Excellent. Well, one, one, one very quick follow-up. How do you hedge? Um, how, how do you decide uh, to move fast? Uh, I don't want to say be first mover uh, or maybe wait and see a little bit. Is that an active ingredient of your strategy? Filippo, do you want to quickly answer that? I think part of the the one way of doing that uh, is is to combine what is the stream, how do you manage the different streams of ideas? I think a good idea is to do both like a bottom-up enablement of mm -hmm. uh, ideas coming from everywhere, plus uh, combined with a you know kind of big bets that you need to take to make sure that people think about you know a 10x improvement versus a 10% improvement, <laughs> and I think you need to combine the two to edge your bets on, uh, on 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 where to invest and what to experiment on. Excellent, Vish. In a few seconds that we have left, anything else to add to that? Very similar, get a bottoms up on the ideas, but yep. I want business leaders driving, seeing the value and driving it. If I don't have that sponsorship, I'm not going to do it. Excellent. Well, wonderful. Uh, a lot more to cover, uh, but we are out of time. Thank you so much, Filippo and Vish, for, for sharing so many uh, valuable insights with us.